what's good everybody welcome back to the pod you know first time here in the uh the host seat uh but it is me aaron joining me today we've got trent how you doing i'm good aaron welcome to the host seat uh we miss cole but we understand he's already grinding pretty hard with schoolwork and uh that power rankings podcast for you guys so aaron and i uh, decided we wanted to be nice to Cole, give him a break. So we're going to give you a little week one preview since uh, football's starting tomorrow night. Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans. Can't believe it's back. Uh, definitely going to be exciting. Yeah, no, I absolutely uh, did not think we were going to be starting here in September, but found a way. Survive in advance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but before we get into the uh, the week one preview, we're going to go ahead and talk about the big trade that happened yesterday. It was a trade between the Magicians and the Clams that saw Devin acquire Cortland Sutton in exchange for Melvin Gordon and Josh Allen from the Jaguars. So, uh, so Trent, what are your thoughts on that deal? Um, you know, they always say the best trades are the ones that benefit both parties, and I think this was a pretty even trade. Uh, if I had to give a winner... I would probably give it to the Clamps just because I like the two-for-one. Allen's going to be a good defensive player for many years. And uh, Devin obviously had a lot of faith in Sutton, likes the Denver wide receiver, and kind of added that to a wide receiver core that maybe he thought was a little shaky with, you know, Diggs, Galladay, Landry, all great um, wide receivers, but maybe not necessarily guys that are going to get him a lot of points. So probably just wanted to round out his wide receiver core a little bit more and uh, was able to get rid of Gordon without sacrificing his core running backs, which are Jacobs and Cook, and then going to be Carson as well. So he's still very strong at running back and uh, got that extra wide receiver to even make his wide receiver core a little bit better. So I think it was an even trade. Yeah, I definitely think the uh, that this trade you know was set into motion uh, on Devin's behalf, once the uh, the news regarding Washington came out, you know, with Darius Geis's exodus and AP getting cut, you know, Antonio Gibson is all of a sudden being uh, heralded as a top 20 running back. And I don't really think he's going to be that right off the bat, but pull that with all the running backs he already had. I definitely think this was a good move for Devin, acquire a receiver where he has those top three guys, but the depth behind him isn't very exciting uh, in terms, you know, week to week starting. So now he's got a solid blend of uh, four running backs and four receivers he can depend on each week. And, you know, for Joey, he's looking to rebuild this year, so hopefully he can take Melvin Gordon and flip him down the road. Uh, who knows what he's going to be able to acquire for him, but that's a tale for another day. All-around good move, in my opinion. Yeah, good trade. All right. So for this preview, we're just going to, you know, kind of go through each head-to-head matchup and just, you know, give our quick hitting thoughts on what we see you know popping out at us obviously there's a few lineups that haven't been set yet by certain teams and obviously i don't think it needs to be said that you know you need to get that done before uh someday but we're gonna make our best guesses as to uh who those couple teams are going to be starting so uh so trent you want to get us kicked off here yeah for sure so the first matchup we're going to talk about is the pine grove grovers Dylan versus the Winnipeg Wendigos. Nick, uh, I'm just going to have to give the win to Dylan this weekend. Um, I think his running backs, obviously, 
with Saquon and Zeke, that's going to be a hard task to catch in points for a lot of teams. Uh, something interesting, though, he may have to start Marlon Mack this week uh, for that extra flex position just because uh, we got the news earlier today that Mike Evans has been limited in practice with that hamstring injury. And uh, it's pretty much going to be a game-time decision for that 4 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. So going to be interesting because he's going to start Mac, and uh, Nick will be starting Taylor. So going to be interesting to see who takes that Indianapolis backfield week one. Yeah, no, absolutely. You love to see the uh, the random narratives pop up on any given week. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, Dylan was arguably the strongest team last year, even though he did come up just a little short in the uh, the finals last year. I still think that, you know, this was a very good team last year, and all he did was add Saquon Barkley. Uh, you don't need to do much else in an offseason if that's the one move you make. Um, and, you know, Nick's team, I believe that he's looking to kind of play it by ear this year. I don't think he's expecting to contend. I mean, he's got some quality receivers that he's going to be starting this week. You know, Adam Thielen's going to be taking on the Packers. Kind of questionable secondary outside of Jerry Alexander. Um, AJ Green, we'll see if he's, you know, the AJ Green of old. Um, it's a solid lineup, but I think Nick is going to be struggling at running back, especially if Jonathan Taylor doesn't, you know, stranglehold the backfield right out the gate. And so at least for this week, given that he's going against Dylan, I'm going to have to give Nick the loss here in week one. Sorry, Nick. Moving along, we've got ourselves another narrative here as the Clams and the Magicians, just a couple days after making that big move, are uh, going head-to-head here in week one. Obviously, uh, as we mentioned earlier, I think this trade you know, took an already strong team and made them even stronger. Just look at this team. He's got Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Dalvin Cook. That's a pretty lethal trio, and now you've got a quartet of receivers in Stephon Diggs, Galladay, Landry, and now Cortland Sutton. Um, there's no real weaknesses on defense for Devin's team, especially this early in the year. And so I just think this is probably going to be a pretty clean win for Devin. I don't really see much of a contest from Joey, although with those kind of receivers, you I guess you can say you never know for sure. But especially with David Montgomery uh, being a little questionable this early in the year, um, I would have to give this one to Devin rather easily. Yeah, I'm also going to have to go with Devin. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, the quarterback matchup between Murray and Prescott. I think those are two of the more highly touted fantasy QBs coming into this year. Um, Obviously, a lot of hype surrounding them both, so I'm interested for that matchup. Uh, I think Joey, you know, could could surprise some people with the scoring. Um, I still don't think it will be enough, but if Melvin Gordon is the true RB1 in Denver, can get him a touchdown or two. And we'll just have to see what that Detroit backfield situation is. I think Swift is still going to play as of now. So that could also be um, a, a RB1 for him in, in the near future with on Johnson not getting a lot out of training camp. Without a doubt, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh... – that Detroit backfield plays here early in the year, especially not they just brought in Adrian Peterson. It's a little bit crowded for my taste. Part of why I was so against DeAndre Swift uh, this offseason. We were just having this conversation the other day about how uh, 
so many running backs are just handcuffed right now. It's like something I've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, that lack of the uh, training camp in preseason this year is definitely going to play itself off here pretty early on. Uh, these rookies that we would typically expect to have a big workload, uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to get that opportunity right off the bat in favor for some uh, you know, underwhelming veterans, you might say. And uh, speaking of uh, that kind of situation, we're now going to move on into the Denver Duckies versus the Chesapeake Retrievers. And Good the transition. Back- Absolutely. I'm trying my best to follow in Joey's footsteps. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at Hunter's team, you know, new guy in the league, he's got a very similar backfield as he owns the entire uh, Los Angeles, almost at St. Louis, uh, Los Angeles Rams backfield. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does he trust starting K-Makers week one? Does he try to, you know, start Daryl Henderson and, you know, hope for a big week or does he, you know, go for the security of Malcolm Brown? Who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting to just see his whole lineup in general as, you know, he's got T.Y. Hilton as a locked-in receiving starter. But outside of that, he could start four or five of those receivers. And since he doesn't have a lineup set, we uh, – we don't really know which way he's going to go, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Um, the Duckies made some interesting moves this offseason, uh, most recently you know, trading for Latavius Murray in lieu of a potential Alvin Kamara holdout. And while I don't like this team as much as I did um, this time last year, I do think he still has enough pieces in place to squeak out a win here week one. Uh, just barely, though. I definitely think it's going to be a pretty close matchup. Yeah, I think it's going to be close as well. I'm going to give the edge to Daniel. Um, I just think the team is in a more win-now mode than the Retrievers. Uh, Drew Brees, I don't know if he's had his lineup yet, but I would think Drew Brees would probably start for him. Uh, week one against the Bucks secondary. Um, that should be a pretty good matchup for Drew. Always has been. For any uh, QB, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, for any QB. So... I know a lot of the young secondary was pretty upset because NFL ranked the Buccaneers secondary at 32 the other day, but um, they have to they improved in a lot of meaningless games last year, so they still have to step up because they're the pretty much only weak point of that team anymore. Yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting to see which way uh which way Dan goes at QB as he has that trio of QBs with um Daniel Jones going against Pittsburgh, Jared Goff going against Dallas, and then Drew Brees against the uh, Buccaneers. That decision might uh might be the difference maker here in week one. Yeah, and I mean I just think he's a little bit more comfortable at running back right now, obviously, with having Eckler and Kamara still there. Um still two guys that could get a lot of points week one. And then the wide receivers, Cooper Cup, McLaurin. It'll be interesting to see if he starts one of the rookies. We'll probably gonna have to. Um we'll see which one he takes a gamble on here week one. So our next matchup is between Jabir, the Atlanta Sharks, and Ryan, the Omaha Hawks. Uh, this is going to be quite a shootout in regards to um, who can probably score the least amount of points this week. So I'm going to go with Ryan this week because I think Patrick Mahomes will be the catalyst for that offense and is going to be willing to put up a lot of points against the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. Uh, On top of that, 
Uh, we'll see what the Brietta running back situation is in Miami. James White should be getting a couple of touches with Harris being out. And LaShawn McCoy, Raheem Mosert. He might not start McCoy, actually. Raheem Mosert will be getting touches in San Fran. So I think he has three running backs that are going to get touches. And Emmanuel Sanders and Calvin Ridley, Sammy Watkins, and John Brown are four starting options for wide receiver. So I think he and Kittle. So he just has a completely better offense to put together than I think the Sharks do at this point in time. No, absolutely. Uh, the Sharks, you know, they're a complete wild card this year. I don't really know how to feel about them, um, though they do have the advantage since the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs play on Thursday night. Uh, Ryan's going to be starting Pat Mahomes. He's going to be starting. Sammy Watkins probably is going to be starting Harrison Bucker. And so a lot of his points are going to be already out there prior to, you know, Sunday football. And so Jabir is going to have that advantage to, you know, decide whether or not he can afford to, you know, start safer players uh, or if he needs to, you know, kind of shoot for high upside guys at the, uh, you know, the flex spots in his lineup. But right now with Jabir's team, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how running back plays out. We don't know what Zach Moss is going to do since there was no preseason. We don't know how Phil Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are going to shake out early on. We don't know if J.K. Dobbins is going to be involved. There's just a lot of question marks, and especially because you know it's Joe Burrow's first start against the Los Angeles Chargers, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, not exactly an easy matchup, and just all around, Jabir's team, I think, just still needs some work, and just this early in the year, I'm going to go with the the safer lineup in the Omaha Hawks. So moving into our next matchup, we have the Skyro Spiders versus the Los Angeles Wildfire, Jason versus Cole. Um, I believe that Cole is going to win this matchup because Lamar Jackson is going to give him a big advantage at quarterback. Uh, He's still very solid at running back with Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette. We'll see what type of role he steps into week one. Um, some reports that he might not get a lot of attention just being so new to the team. But then he has the wide receiver core of Allen, Odell, uh, Hollywood, Hill. So he's got a great wide receiver core. And I think he's going to win this game. Not by a lot, but I give the week one to Cole. It's a bold move uh, predicting the, you know, the reigning champion to, to lose their week one you know, defense reign. But, uh, but I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I think that Jason's team is obviously good. But right now, there's just kind of you know, some unfavorable matchups. You know, Julio Jones going against the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Robert Woods has a pretty good matchup against Dallas. But we don't know what he's going to do with his, uh, with his flex uh, decisions at wide receiver. And then I think the big hindrance to uh, Jason's team this week is going to be Kenyon Drake. Uh, we don't really know how his, how his foot is healing up at the moment. and even if he's at you know eighty percent or whatever it may be, um, it's a very difficult matchup against that vaunted 49ers defense. And so even if he's healthy, I don't know how much of a role he's going to have. You know, Derrick Henry's obviously solid. Um, Todd Gurley going to be very interesting to see if uh, Dirk Cutter gets him involved in the passing game at all. And then he's got Zach Ertz, who this early in the year, especially given all the receiver injuries, is probably due for. A, a 30 point game uh, with the corpse of Thomas Davis uh, covering him in the middle of the field. But um, ultimately, I just think that Cole is a safer pick here, and we're, we're always shooting for the uh, safe picks. So I'm going to go with Cole this week. Yeah, slight advantage to Cole. So, our last matchup, um, 
some of you may be shocked, but we're going to be calling this the game of the week um, between the Honolulu High Tide, Trent, that's myself, and our host of the evening, Aaron, the San Diego Paladins. So I will let you start with this one, Aaron. A lot of pressure, but uh, I suppose I'll go ahead. I you know, might call it bias. It is what it is. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring contest. Um, last season when we played, I believe you put 180 on me both games, and you have made a ton of you know, impactful changes in that sense. Um, just kind of injuries killed you down the stretch. And so I definitely expect this to be a high-scoring bout. Um, unfortunately, I have made quite a lot of moves this offseason and have set myself up for a pretty good year. DeAndre Hopkins is a big question mark. I don't know how involved he's going to be week one against the 49ers. He's probably going to get that Richard Sherman treatment. And Miles Sanders is dealing with a uh, hamstring injury, just like every other player in the league, it seems. But I think I've still got the firepower on offense to uh, squeak out a win here in week one. And um, just kind of hope that my defense doesn't uh, drag me down too much. So I'm going to predict myself to get the win this week. I'm going to go um, with you as well. But I think it's also going to be a slight margin. I'm hoping it's a slight margin. Uh, I think I could win the quarterback matchup. Um, I guess, are you, dis- are you going to be starting Fitzpatrick, I'm assuming? That is who I have uh, slated to start, as sad as it is. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think if I'm going to make up points anywhere, that's where it has to be. Wentz has to uh, go off in a favorable matchup against the football team. Uh, and then I think, you know, wide receiver, it's obvious that we both have two studs, and then you pretty much run away with it at three and four and tight end as well. So uh, I just think, you know, there's points out there for both of us. Like you said, it'll be high scoring. I think my defense is a little bit more favorable. Um, so it's going to be close, but I think you do have a little bit more offense uh, in the deeper positions, especially having Nick Chubb as a running back three pretty much is should be illegal while I have Ronald Jones in my lineup and Devin Singletary. So, yeah, slight offensive advantage to Aaron gives him the uh, 1-0 start. Well, I've been trying to say for years that no one should be starting Ronald Jones, but uh, but nobody will listen to me uh, until now, of course. But it's you know due to Leonard Fournette. But um, but yeah, I definitely do agree that I think your defense is a little better, though you have had some uh, hard luck there in the linebacking core with uh, C.J. Mosley opting out, and then most recently Von Miller having that torn up meniscus, and now he's going to be done for the year. So you're kind of backed into starting both Levante David. And Devin White, which isn't necessarily a horrible thing, but it may be, you know, kind of a luck of the draw if they uh they both succeed or if one just kind of takes all the the uh, the tackles away. But it's definitely going to be a good game. Um, just in general, it's going to be a great week. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, just a reminder to everybody that for this season only, since we don't exactly know how COVID's going to play out this year, um. This head-to-head matchup is only one of the two games you play every week, and the other one is obviously um, if you're in the top half of you know all the teams in terms of scoring, you're going to get a win. And so keep that in mind that even if you lose the head-to-head matchup, you might still be able to you know pull into a 500 record for the week. Um, so definitely make sure to set your lineups and you know keep that in mind that you know maybe if you're considered an underdog.
map to, you know, shoot for as many points as possible to try to make that top six. And um, yeah, that's about it for me. So anything else, Trent? No, I think we covered it. I'm excited to finally watch some football and hope everyone out there is listening to the pod, staying safe. Uh, hope football obviously gets us through the entirety of the season with as little hiccups as possible. Absolutely hoping for as, uh, as little impact this year as possible. But with that being said, I think we're good to get out of here. And uh, Jason, better start running. We're all coming for you. Peace out. Key music. <laughs>